Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Welcome to our live broadcast this morning. I'm Jason DeMars. And just want to remind you, if you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or questions for me, you can contact me at jasondemars.com. And if you're listening on social media, you can also contact me through whatever social media platform that you're using. We're continuing to speak about the training of ministers. This is part 13, I believe. And we're looking at leadership qualities. And so we're just going to get right into that. Um, A leader takes initiative. Um, He sees a need. Uh, He knows of a need and he acts upon it. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Take initiative. You know there's a need. You know there's something that needs to be done. Um, Have the vision and move forward in it. Proverbs 10 verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Uh, we're talking about spiritual riches here, of course, and um, the spiritual blessings that you uh, reap when you take initiative are absolutely tremendous. So please understand, as a leader, you, t- you know what needs to be done and you take the initiative to meet that need. Uh, a good leader is a good listener and also is patient. James 1, 19-20, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. You need to listen. In counseling sessions, in leading people, you need to really understand what they're saying, understand where they're coming from. Before you speak, you hear, you listen. Even even when it comes to preaching, when it comes to dealing with individuals, first you hear the Word of God, hear what God speaks to your heart about this situation, then you move forward. And that moving forward always is going to be a scriptural way of moving forward. Um, a good leader is consistent. He doesn't make one decision one day, another decision another day. Well, we're going to do it this way, announce that, and then the next day we're doing it some way different. When you lead without, with a lack of consistency, people don't trust your word. When people don't trust your word, they don't have confidence in what you're preaching anymore. And so you have to be consistent in how you lead. First um, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Know what God wants you to do, and stay there and be steadfast. Don't move from that, regardless of what other people say, what other people want. When God leads you in a certain direction, you go in obedience. As a leader, that's so important. If we're looking to people, the consensus 
of the church in everything, in every aspect, our leadership will be here, there, here, there. God called you to leadership if you're the pastor or if you're a missionary uh, in those situations, specific situations. God called you to lead. You've got to lead with consistency. You can't be up and down and this way, then that way, then we're going to do this and then change. Now, if you're going to change because you didn't follow the leadership of the Lord in the beginning and you need to repent and seek forgiveness uh, for going the wrong direction and correcting yourself, that's fine. You need to, we, need, we all need to be do that. We don't, we don't just stubbornly stay in the wrong decision. That isn't what I'm saying here. I'm saying is you hear the plain will of God in a certain situation, and you move forward in that with consistency. Uh, a good leader is generous and unselfish. A good leader is not looking for his needs to be met by the people. He is looking to meet the needs of the people. Second Corinthians 8, 9 for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. 1 Corinthians 10.24, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. How critical is that? That needs to be our heart and attitude of every believer, but it should be exemplified in the ministry Let's look at that day on Calvary. Look what Jesus turned and said, Insomuch as you've done unto these, you've done it, did it to me, unto me. Unselfish life, not the second thought, not to think about it, but you're so dead to the things of the world and so alive in Christ and so walking on the highway that these things are just an automatic thing. You just do it. Not saying it well now, the Lord would, the Lord, Lord want, would the Lord want me to do that? It's not that. You're just a part of Him. His Spirit is in you and you act the way He acted acted. So there's that generosity and unselfishness. A life lived for others, not a life lived for self. Good leadership is correctable and teachable. Uh, it's, it's not so stubborn that it doesn't listen to other people. Now, that doesn't mean we listen to every whim and, decide, and act on every whim that people have in the church or around us. No, that's not what it is. But when it comes to the Word of God, confronts us, and we've made, a mis, made a, a, an error or sinned against the Lord, we, are, we don't go into pride, we go into being correctable. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride rejects counsel. First uh, Samuel fifteen, nineteen through twenty. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. So here Saul is confronted by the prophet. And in his pride, uh, he rises up and says, Look, I did everything. I did everything you asked. It rejected the counsel. What if he would have said, You're right. I repent. Lord, forgive me. David committed adultery, had a man killed, covered it up. 
took his wife to his house. Nathan came, told the parable, and at the end, David said, kill, the, kill that man who stole the sheep. He says, you're that man. David said, I have sinned against the Lord. That was David's response. It wasn't pride. It wasn't say, hey, I'm, I did everything. What in the world does the Lord want from me? I just want this small thing. No, he said, I sinned against the Lord. That was pleasing to the Lord. So pride doesn't, pride rejects counsel, rejects confrontation, and, and raises up and says, no, I'm the one in charge. You listen to me. I'm dealing with this. And it's not right. United under one head, 1958. And that's all right, but they had united under the wrong leadership. They had united under the leadership of man, and God wants man to unite under the leadership of himself. He wants us to be one, but he wants to be one, be the one with us. But man wants his fellow man to be his leader and unite under the wisdom of his fellow man. And it is very striking to see how that man wants to be man wants that to be done. The reason that he wants to be one is because God designed him for that purpose. God designed man, made him up to be one, to work together, to cooperate together. That's the makeup of man. That's the way God made him. But man always wants to have his idea about it. He wants to project something that God never intended him to do. He wants to figure out his own ways out. He wants to make his own plans. He won't accept the plan that God made for him because it's his fallen nature. A leadership, a, le a true leader of a church, of believers, it's not him. He gets himself out of the way. He hears truly, truly hears what the Lord wants for him, and he does it. A true leader accepts that it's God's leadership flowing through him, not his own way or his own will. So let's just finish this up. I'm going to look at these characteristics. A biblical leader has these characteristics. He's a steward of God. In other words, he's a manager under God's headship. He's strong. He's a warrior, protector, and guardian. He's courageous. He's loving and tender. He's a provider. In other words, he, see, he has a vision. He sees it, sees a need beforehand and meets it. He's a hard worker. He has good character. He has charisma. In other words, using your gifting as a leader to put others first and to serve them. He's wise and discerning. He's an initiator. He sees the need and takes action. He's patient. He's consistent, generous, and unselfish. And he's correctable and teachable. So these are some of the characteristics of good leaders. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, or want to get in contact with me, you can do so at jasondemars.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord richly bless you.